This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. It was going to be the hardest day of my life. It was August the 14th, I'll never forget it. It was a Sunday morning and I would go to church without my family. That day, I, I felt so much pain. I don't know if you've ever felt so much pain that you, you almost feel numb. You're aware you're in pain, but it's so deep and so real. And it's a day I'll never forget because that morning, I would share with the church that my marriage was over, that Angie and I decided that we were divorcing and we were done. It was an unbelievable experience, and she was hurting, and I was hurting. And so this morning, as we begin this new series, Making the Most Of, and we're talking about making the most of marriage specifically today, I want you to understand that I'm not just talking about some things I read in a book somewhere. I'm not just talking about a few verses that we're kind of familiar with and can maybe mean something to you or you put them on a coffee mug. I'm talking about something that I've actually lived. And while I'll never forget August the 14th, that day, I'm so grateful for this day. Because God did some tremendous things in my life and Angie's life. He restored our marriage. In fact, we're coming up on celebrating 31 years of being married. And so God just did a huge work of grace. And I want to share with you some of the things that I've learned, some of the things that I wish somebody had told me back then or even earlier in marriage that I think could have saved us a lot of pain. But I also want to speak to those of you that maybe you've been through a painful divorce. You've experienced that. I know what it is to sit down and have that conversation with the kids about how much we love them, but we're not going to be together anymore. And in my circumstance, God did some things in my life, some Angie's life, some things in Angie's life, and he restored our marriage. But my story may not be your story, but your story is no less valuable. And while God may not have restored your marriage, maybe he can, maybe he did, he definitely can fully restore you if that hasn't happened. So if you've walked through the pain of divorce, you're not a second-class citizen. You're not a less than. Your future is just as bright as anybody else's. We may have different stories, but this isn't about going back in time and beating anybody up for things that may have happened. Even God understands we can't go back in time. This is about from this moment forward, what can I do? What can you do where we can make the most of our marriage today? Or if you're not married, the cool thing about what we're going to look at is these principles work in any relationship that's important to you. They will enhance and improve all of our relationships. So your friendships or in your parenting or with your coworkers, what we're going to talk about works in all of that. But if you are married or hope to be married or married again one day, the things we're going to talk about, if you grab this and hold on to it, it will save you a lot of pain. And so let's dive in this morning. Jesus is talking about in Matthew. He he says these words. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. And by the way, 
Today I'm using the message translation. Normally I use the New International Version. That's my favorite. But maybe for those of you that grew up in church, it's a familiar enough passage that the familiarity kind of makes us miss some of the power in what God is saying. And so sometimes hearing it in a little bit different way can help us actually grab it a little bit more. So message translation, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down and the river flooded and a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock because here's the reality. Storms are going to come into your life and they're going to come into my life. Storms will come into your marriage. They're going to come into my marriage. And the foundation that we've built our lives and our marriage on determines whether we're still standing after the storm, whether the marriage is is still standing after the storm. Notice what he says. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life. And the truth is that that's what a lot of us do. There are times that we notice something in scripture and we find a verse or a passage that speaks to what we're going through. And maybe in a Bible study or a community group, we read it and we talk about it and we say, oh, it's true, it's true, it's true. But we don't do anything with it. Notice what Jesus says. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter. He uses the S word. Stupid, stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, It collapsed like a house of cards. So this morning, I want to talk for just a couple of moments about how do you build the foundation of a marriage in a way that it can withstand the storms? Or maybe you're in the place where you need to rebuild the foundation. I remember years ago, my parents moved into what had been my grandfather's home. And my dad began to notice that The doors wouldn't shut the way they were supposed to. The kitchen cabinets, something was off. So he had an inspector come in and they realized there were cracks in the foundation. And part of the foundation had begun to shift and was lower than the rest of the foundation. So he had a company come in and they brought, they brought these 20 ton jacks and they dug under the house and they actually lifted the foundation up and then they poured these solid concrete cylinders that would hold it in place and they repaired the foundation. For some of you, there, there are cracks in the foundation of your marriage. And if you don't address them, they will be fatal to the home that you're trying to build. Because here's the thing about cracks in the foundation. There are signs that they're there. Some of the doors won't close on things that should have been forgiven and forgotten. There, there are signs that some issues are there, and if you ignore them, you bring greater damage to the home that you're trying to build. And so some of you, if you've never been married or you're early in marriage, this is going to help you build a solid foundation. Others, if you hope to be married one day, it's going to help you. But, but if you're currently in, mar- in a marriage and it's okay, but you'd like it to be great, but you're not sure how to get there, you can rebuild the foundation. We're going to talk about how because storms are a part of life and storms are what can damage the foundation in any marriage. And sometimes it's a financial storm. Sometimes it's a storm of baggage from the past and you begin to see your spouse the way you saw a parent that was not helpful or healing to you. Storms roll in and out of our lives. So how can we build this foundation in our lives and our marriage where our lives and our homes withstand it? 
Here's something that I think is huge to grab onto. When it comes to the word of God, God's communication with us about how to do life. He, life was his idea. He created it. He knows how we can live the best life possible. Here's something I think it's important to remember. What I don't apply, I deny. When it comes to the word of God, the things that I read or I know that I don't apply to my life, I deny because we don't really believe what we say we believe. We, we only believe what we actually do. If we say we believe something, but we're not doing it, we don't really believe it. So what I don't apply, I deny. Are there areas in your life? Are there areas in your marriage where you're denying what the word of God teaches because you, you know what? You're just not applying it. And you look at your spouse and you think about everything they should do to try to make things better. Everything they should improve. What's wrong with them? And often we say things like, hey, I know it takes two and, and I've done my part, but I, 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 I own some of this, but everybody's got a, but some butts are bigger than others. I, I've got my part, but hey, the person you pick to spend the rest of your life with is imperfect, just like you. None of us are perfect. And so in Ephesians, Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, and he, he talks about what marriage should look like. He says this, wives, understand and support your husband. Now, what's interesting to me is we're, we're never told in Scripture that husbands should understand their wives because you can't. Like, guys, we're not smart enough. Wives, ladies, you're more, you, you have a higher emotional intelligence. You're smarter than us. You know more. You're able to process so many more things at one time. Guys, we're, we're just dumber in a lot of ways. So wives, understand and support your husbands. Ladies, are you supporting your husband? Well, but he, no, no, no. We're talking about you because you can't control him. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about him a lot because I'm a guy. So I tend to bring it stronger toward guys. But, but listen, you've got to ask the question. You owe it to yourself. Am I being understanding and supporting of my husband? Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. Ultimately, you're not doing it for your spouse, your husband. You're, you're doing it out of obedience to Christ. And everything Jesus asks us to do, he knows it's not going to just make the relationship better. It's going to make you better. It's going to help you be who God created you to be. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. Sir, are you domineering towards your wife or, or does she know that you cherish her? He continues, so just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, I love this, verse 25, go all out in your love for your wives. Go all out. Now we know what go all out looks like. <coughs> we understand that. Go all out. We know what that looks like. You know how to do that on the ball field. You know how to do that at work when there are deadlines, but are you doing that in your marriage? Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. One of the most damaging things to a marriage is when either spouse thinks in terms of what they're not getting. Do we ever wake up in the morning and think, man, there, there's some things I'm not giving my spouse? No, we, we tend to drift toward, well, they're not doing this, and I'm not getting that, and they're not being like this. But this verse says, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Notice how much more time is spent 
with comments directed toward guys. Why, why, why? His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Could that be true of you, sir? Does everything you do and say, is it designed to bring the best out of her? Dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how a husband ought to love, that that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really, listen to this, they're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. If you spend your time tearing your wife down, you're not only tearing down your marriage, you're tearing yourself down. If you spend your time building your wife up, you're not only building her up, you're building up your marriage and you're building yourself up. And notice how Paul continues. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And that's why a man leaves his father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church, and this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself in loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. So we read these words, and often, like other texts, there are times we, we know what's in the Bible. Hey, hey, I know what this looks like in the Bible, but what does it look like in Monday? Like, how do you actually do this? How can I make the most of my marriage? The first step is essential. If you want to build a healthy foundation that you're going to build your life, your family, your home on, or, or if you need to rebuild a foundation that has some cracks in it, the first step is essential. And this first step we do it in other relationships outside of marriage, not deeply, but easily. We, we do it. We know how to do this, which means we can do it in our marriage as well. And to get to the first step, like you, you can't go to the second step or the third step without doing the first step. To get to the first step, I have to ask you this question. If you need to build a healthy foundation or want to or rebuild it, here's the question. Do you really know your spouse? You knew them then, but do you know them now? Like, what, what's their favorite color? Hers for me is green with shades of blue in it. Ma'am, what's his biggest fear? Not them, but now. Sir, what are her recent dreams? When you were dating years ago, back in the day, you knew about her dreams, but what are the recent dreams? Ma'am, what one thing does he like to focus on first thing in the morning? When he gets to the office, what is he focused on? Sir, how does she get from the elevator to her office each day? What's the first thing that she does in the morning? When she goes into the kitchen or the family room, like when she wakes up in the morning, sir, what's the first thing she does? What is her morning routine? Ma'am, what is the toughest day of his week each week? Like, what is it about every Tuesday that makes it the most challenging? What day of the week is there something that typically happens in the flow of what he does that, that there is a uniquely difficult day on a regular basis, same day every week? What's the toughest day of his week? Do you really know your spouse? Not, not then, but now. Because see, I do, holding those hands, looking at each other and saying I do, I do begins a journey of learning. 
I do, I, I do is not the goal. It's not, oh, now we're married so we can kick back, relax, don't have to worry about anything, take each other for granted, slide into mediocrity and live a stagnant relationship like many people have. No, no, no. I do begins a journey of learning. One thing that's interesting is my phone. My phone gives me these uh, messages every now and then. And it tells me that software updates are available. And on my phone, I need to download and install these software updates because if I don't download and install the software updates, the phone is going to not be as efficient. It's going to be a little clunky in how it works. And eventually some apps won't even work anymore because I haven't downloaded and installed the update. And, and what's interesting to me is it's not enough to download it. You have to actually install it and bring it into function, bring it into use. It's not enough to, to know what needs to be done. You have to actually do it. So to build a healthy foundation and especially to, to rebuild a broken foundation, you, you've got to know that there are some updates that are available that need to be downloaded and installed. We build a strong foundation in our marriage when we download and install the updates. And I don't know, if you do it infrequently, like I'll tend to do with my phone sometimes, sometimes I get the message and and there's like a bazillion apps that need to be updated and it's gonna take forever. Hey, it may take a little bit of time. The longer you've been married, if you've not been doing this on a regular basis, it may take a little more time, but the reward outweighs the time it takes. If you've allowed some cracks to develop in the foundation, It's going to take time and it's going to take resources, but it's going to be worth it. You can have the marriage of your dreams in the marriage you're in. If both of you will download and install these updates and and, and you might, you might be tempted to think, well, but I'm going to do it. But what if he doesn't? What if she doesn't? Don't worry about that. You focus on you because there's nowhere in life that you can control someone else. And you don't want to be in control. You want to be in love. So when you and I download and install the updates that we need to in our lives, we give our marriage the best chance to grow and become all that it could be. You'll give your marriage the best chance to turn around and to be everything you dream about and you desire. It has the best shot. doesn't mean it automatically will because there's another person, but it has the best shot to do that When you focus on what you need to download and install in your life and let God take care of the rest. And I think, I think you probably know this because in your life that there may have been times you thought, man, we, we're kind of growing apart. We need to spend some more time together. We need to go on a vacation or we need to, we need to go out on some date nights or we need to spend some time at home. But we've always had this excuse of life's just so busy. I'll do it later. You know one thing that's always true? We make a lot of plans for tomorrow, but you and I never live at the address of tomorrow. Life is never lived in tomorrow. It's always lived in today. And if you've used the excuse of I'm too busy, or it's just a hectic season in life, or man, with everything, with the kids' schedules and everything's going on, hey, right now, right now, you have time. All, that, all that's been wiped. It's a clean slate for you. You have time And here's what's interesting. The things that we used to could ignore and sort of put in the back of our minds, they're in our face right now all day. Because it used to could be that going to work was an escape. And you had to put on the game face for family dinner, but 
But in the evening, you could be distracted or one parent's taking kids, some kids one direction, another taking kids another direction. You've got soccer and ballet and all, all the things everybody's involved in. But now it's just there all the time. And it's not a bad thing that it's there all the time because it's being brought up and brought to your attention so that you can work on it. You can fix and repair. God can fix and repair the, the crack in the foundation of your relationship if you just download and install the updates and allow God to do what only God can do. And maybe, maybe your spouse has tried to communicate some things with you. And you've ignored it. Or you've rationalized why it's really their problem, not your problem. Hey, if you're not listening, they'll eventually stop talking. If you're not paying attention, they'll eventually quit trying. And if that's been a pattern, maybe one of the cracks in the foundation is they don't share much anymore. They don't try to talk much anymore. But here's what that means, and here's where you, you find and discover the opportunity. When they do, although it's more rare, when they do, seize the moment. Listen. Pay attention. This is important because dreams and plans and hopes change over time. The dreams I had when I was in my late teens are very different than the dreams I have today. Even the dreams when I was in my 20s are different than the dreams I have today. See, sir, you knew her then, but do you know her now? Ma'am, you knew him then, but do you know him now? And one of the most common things that I hear often from couples is we, we've just changed. He, he's not who he used to be. She's not who, they, they, they've, just, they've just changed. When you say your spouse has just changed and you use that as an excuse to check out, it is an indictment on yourself. What you're telling people is, I didn't download and install the updates. And by the way, change is a good thing. Change is a sign of growth. I mean, aren't we supposed to change? As we get older, aren't we supposed to be more wise? Aren't we supposed to change our opinion about some things? Because remember, remember back when we were all in our early 20s, and if you're in your early 20s, you'll, you'll recognize this one day. I was way smarter then. I, I knew everything. Man, you, you should have come to whatever church I was serving at when I was in my early 20s, because I was way smarter. Today, as I've gotten older, I have more questions than answers. But, but that's because of change. See, we understand change from two years old to 18, but we don't understand change from 25 to 55. People are supposed to change. They're supposed to grow. And so the way we stay in sync with that in relationships is to download and install the updates. And for some of you, it's been years since you've done that. You're still functioning like you're married to the person that she was when she was 24, but you're 44 and she's not the same person. And if you don't download and install the updates, the marriage cannot function as efficiently and it's going to start crashing and breaking. There are going to be some apps in your marriage that just don't work anymore. And if you let it go far enough, the app of the bedroom won't work anymore. Or the kitchen or the den or whatever your thing is. Keep it to yourself. But marriage will not function the way it should if you don't download and install the updates. She knows that he'll eat vegetables but he doesn't like him. He's just trying to do it because he's supposed to and to be an example for the kids so that they'll eat theirs so she just puts a little bit on his plate. He knows that she likes that show, 
And it's two hours long. And it's two hours of his time he'll never get back. But he sits down and he watches it with her because he knows what it means to her and how special it is to her. And so he tries to throw himself into it and watch it with her just because, just because he knows. He knows that her faith is important to her, but she has a hard time believing that God believes in her. She knows that he loves God, but he struggles with doubt and some of the thoughts that he has, and he, he battles with self-confidence in some areas. She knows that there are some areas that he's good. He feels good about what he's able to produce and how he's able to function, but there are those other areas, and, and she knows. He knows that she's sensitive to being controlled because her father was domineering and controlling and so he's soft in his approach and how he communicates. He, he's, he, he takes extra caution and is careful in how he words things so she doesn't think that he's trying to manipulate or control her. She knows that he hates the way his mom was so harsh. And he fears becoming like her. He knows, and she knows, because they've taken the time to know. Great marriages don't accidentally happen. People don't fall out of love. They walk out of love. Because they stop downloading and installing the updates. Couples, research shows couples that are, that are happy are intimately familiar with each other's world. And you might hear this and you might say, man, I'm, I'm just too tired. I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. Everything going on. You've got two options. You can check out or you can check back in. Two options. Happy and unhappy both take energy to achieve. And great marriages take work. You've got to pour yourself into it. So you can pour your energy into tearing down or building up. You get to decide. But what if, what if I pour my energy into trying to build up, but my spouse doesn't? What, what happens then? You're becoming the best version of you. You're setting yourself up for the best future. If God restores the marriage, it's going to be better than it's ever been before. And that's what happened in the case for, for me and for Angie. I'll, I'll never forget that day. August 14th, I'll never forget that day, but I'm so grateful for this day because of what God did in our lives. And, and I did everything I could to become the best version of me, and I'm still in that journey. I haven't arrived. And, and Angie, she was already pretty dang close to perfect, but she, she poured herself into who God created her to be, and God did the miraculous. But it doesn't happen without pouring your energy into building up instead of tearing down. And, and part of what's important in that you can't pour your energy into building up if your closest circle of friends talk about tearing down. You can't do everything you need to do if you've surrounded yourself with people that bash their spouse all the time, that have a negative view about marriage. You've got to set yourself up for success. And part of that is downloading and installing the updates. Part of that is also paying attention to what you allow to come into the system in the first place. 
Galatians chapter six, verse nine says, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued in doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. And some of you might be thinking, man, I'm trying and I've been trying. Don't give up. Maybe, maybe the whole reason God has us talking about this today is just for you so he could whisper to you, don't give up. But maybe God has us talking about this as just a way to let you know God almost saying to you in a unique way, hey, I know, I know. See, we have to understand when you don't, when you don't really know someone, you may love some things about them, but you're not in love with them. It's interesting to me in the Bible that the way scripture describes sexual intimacy in marriage, what does it say? It says to know. Because you can't love who you don't know. And you can be more in love with an idea than a person. So there's a verse, one of my favorite verses. I mentioned it last week, totally different series, but this verse we're going to kind of hang on to throughout this this series we're doing now, making the most of. Ephesians chapter five says, so watch your step, use your head, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. And not only are these desperate times in culture and what we're walking through as as we move into the phase of a new normal over the next few weeks, they could also be desperate times in your marriage. Desperate times in your relationship. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. Use your head. Download the updates. Make the most of every chance you get. Install them. It's not enough to know them. You've got to install them and use them. So what are the updates? What are the updates? What what can I do this week that will help me in my marriage? What are some updates that I can download and install? Here's one. Schedule a listening session. Now, what does listening mean? Usually in a marriage, one spouse talks way more than the other one, and I'm not going to get into which one um, because I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. But usually one spouse talks a lot more than the other one. But it's healthy to schedule a listening session. And in a listening session, basically you say, hey, I remember back when we were dating, you, you talked a lot about doing this one day. You spent a lot of time describing how you felt about maybe doing that one day. I'd love to just know, man, I, 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 where are you now? What are your hopes and your dreams now? What, what are you processing? How have you changed? And then, then you shut up and listen. Download it. Pay attention. Now, let, let me say a word. If your spouse comes to you this week and says, hey, um, I'd like to schedule a listening session. Don't, don't, your, your go-to in your mind is going to be, you're just doing what the pastor said we should do. You just, no, no, no. He or she is actually applying what they heard, found it in scripture. Man, let them win. One of the greatest things we can do sometimes for our spouses is give them an easy win. Let them win. It's going to improve the relationship. So run with it. But schedule a listening session. Hey, Tuesday night at, at, at 7.30, can we sit down and have a conversation? I just want to ask you a couple of questions. I want to talk through a couple of things. Soft approach. Now, you, you, you ask your spouse that, not when you're fighting about why the underwear is still on the floor. Like, that's not, no, you ask, say, hey, can we sit down and talk when the atmosphere is conducive to that kind of conversation? So schedule a listening session. Another update, another thing you can do, schedule doing something about what you heard. So when you hear your spouse share their, their hopes, their dreams, things they're processing, what they'd like to see happen, Most of the time, you can do something about it. 
Sometimes doing something about what you heard, that action step, is bringing the conversation up again a couple days later. Hey, I was thinking about what you said with the house and something you said about that. I was, I was thinking about that, that business you wanted to launch. And what, what would this look like? What would that look like? It communicates to your spouse, you heard me. What I shared matters to you. Another update that you might need in your system. We become better when we become selfless. See, the natural tendency in life, in marriage, in relationships is what I get out of it. That's how most of us think. What do I get out of this? But we become better when we become selfless. Maybe, maybe the first things that you need to download and update in your life are the fact that you were not created to be center stage of the entire world and everybody in your world, including your spouse, just a pawn in the story of you. That's not life. That's not healthy. And so maybe part of what you need to work through is how can I become more selfless? And then let me give you one more update. One more update. I love this one. This is my favorite. Always go first and always be last. Always go first and always be last. Always go first in apologizing. Always go first in asking or offering forgiveness. Always go first in the difficult things. And always be last. Because you're serving someone else that in your mind and heart matters more than you do. You elevate the person. So I'm going to be the last to talk about what I want. I want to hear what you want. I'm going to be last to just make this decision. I want to know what you think about it. Always go first and always be last. And maybe this morning or throughout the day today, you're joining us. And what you know as we talk about marriage, man, download and install the updates. You know that the updates you need in your life is a personal relationship with God. You need to know God in a personal way. So if that's where you are, I want to invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. If the step that you need to take, what you need to download is Jesus coming into your life, and you need to install him as the Lord of your life and your Savior, you need to commit your life to Christ. So that he can help you in the areas where you're weak. He can help you become everything he created you to be. He can walk with you and celebrate on the good days and and walk with you and help carry you on the difficult days. If you'd like to commit your life to Christ, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, just pray this prayer. Dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life. Please forgive me and help me live for you. As best I know how, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.